This episode was previously recorded on May 8th, 2015. Jim and Aaron still have lunch every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Join club.baldmove.com to watch these lunches live in real time and get access to lots of other premium content. Hey, lunch with Jim and Aaron. Did Ooh. you miss him? Did you miss him when he was gone last week? I think they did. I think they missed both of us. Uh, yeah. We did not announce this, but last time I was out of town, we had some scheduling issues. It's an oversight. Yeah, we should have at least told you guys we weren't going to do a launch with Jim and Aaron, but we're back. We're shiftless drifters. Yeah. Can't be hassled for keep schedules, man. Roaming the country. You know, we're movers and shakers now in this uh, podcasting movers industry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're getting interviewed by a local news station. Oh Wednesday. God, we are movers and shakers. We are. Oh no. Uh, WCPO <laughs> this is. This is not how I wanted this to go. <laughs> WCPO is coming out to our studios to do a little piece on uh, pod, the podcasting industry and us being a local story. So that would be hmm. fun. Okay. Uh, I don't know if 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 that will ever be released or if anything will come of it. But what the hell? Seems seems like a fun idea. Sure, why not? They will, if, if I had a grandma the still alive, they'd be so proud that I was on local news. <laughs> it's the only way they'd ever hear any of your stuff. Uh, yeah, right, right. Um, plus, it's like, you know, they'll be censored, so they won't be offended by my language. I can't mm. even imagine, like, I don't, I don't really push my podcast on friends and family because, you know, for obvious reasons. Because you're not proud of it? <laughs> no, it's not that I'm not proud of it, but, like, most of my aunts and uncles and stuff like that just don't watch the golden age of television yeah yeah and you know it's one of those deals sure even my dad my dad never listened to these podcasts no my family and friends don't listen either so uh what are we going to talk about this week other than uh our impending media well i have a couple i have a couple of things oh do you okay uh, yeah, speaking of the golden age of television before you start I just want to let, let everybody know that i did remember to turn the q a app on so if you want to queue stuff up, uh, we will. Oh get my to it. god! Oh my god! Oh my god! It's oh my already. God. It's already, already happening. All right, we'll get to those in a minute. You continue. <laughs> okay. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this golden age of television. When we started podcasting, you know, this golden age was just starting, and you know, people were starting at that point to term or to coin the term sure. golden age of television for stuff like Breaking Bad and Mad Men and Lost and things like that uh sopranos all that stuff and at this point we are firmly entrenched in mm -hmm. what people are still referring to as the golden age of television so much so that i feel like all of the tv to a large extent i mean yeah there are exceptions but almost all of it across the board is really really good sure like i'm, I'm discounting a bunch of reality shit and a bunch of like really bad superhero stuff right stuff like that uh but but when you talk about like how many really good shows there are there's never been more and like i'm i'm struggling to even keep up with knowing all of the good stuff that's coming out let alone watching it all yeah then like you know netflix getting into this game has certainly not helped that they've just been like sure. they've put out 15 shows now at this point which right you know are all of pretty standardly good quality then you've got the amazon stuff 
Yeah, you got Amazon, Hulu, you got HBO still cranking out a thousand shows Hulu's a year. Hulu's making a whole bunch of really niche crap. I've never watched a Hulu show. I haven't either. No? Well, no, that's okay. not true. That's not true. I Wouldn't watched watch. uh, the Real House, the Real Hot Wives of Orlando, <laughs> which was the mock mock version yeah, of yeah. the other show, which was really actually quite well done and funny. All right. Uh, and of course, Sailor Moon Crystal. But I mean, even when you look at stuff like, I don't know, Halt and Catch Fire, which you didn't like very much. Nah. Uh, I, I finished watching that. Oh, did you? Over the last few weeks. What'd you think? Uh, I thought it was nah, better or, at the ah, end. Okay. Be- much better at the end. Um, once they got away from, you know, drama for drama's sake, like uh-huh. Joe coming in and just stirring the pot because he's an asshole and yeah. wants to stir things up. But I, I felt like it got a lot stronger. So I talked to a friend of the show, Daniel, about it because he was a big fan throughout. And he said the climax ends up Joe just setting the whole version one of the product on fire. Well, you, so they've got 100,000 on order. Uh-huh. He sets a single truck of computers on fire. Okay. But isn't that him? I mean, that's not the whole production run. Okay. Well, he made it sound like the It's whole, like 100 computers. Okay, okay. Well, no, they, they got a batch in for like bug testing. Yeah. Uh, just to do some Q&A before it went to market. Okay. And those are the ones he burned. Oh, so it's at least a list. So, so what is his deal? He's unsatisfied with the product? I feel like he's. Did they li- get a handle built into it? It, it might have. I don't remember. <laughs> um, the, the handle kind of went away. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think that was just a suggestion that was crazy. Uh-huh. Um, like the GameCube. It, uh, my understanding of that is he's battling with his own inner demons. Mm. Um, it's not that like he hated the product or anything. He just couldn't handle what it had done to him and Cameron as far as the relationship goes. Okay. Um, and the questions it made him think about as far as his own personality and mm. what he's doing and why he's doing it and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, it. I don't know. It, it really got better at the end, I huh. thought. All right. Um, so are you, gonna, I, I are know, you in for season two? I, I think I am, yeah. Okay, interesting. Uh, but, but that's, you know, that's kind of far from my point. I also watched Bloodline. Uh-huh. which is another really, really solid show. Yeah. Uh, great acting across the board. And I, th- there are some clunky things about it. Like I don't particularly like the narration, but I do like how they jump around in time a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that? So what's this? Give me a 30 second summary. Cause I've seen the trailers and it seems like it's a wealthy family mm-hmm. with everyone having kind of like some hidden deep, dark secret. Yeah. And they're somehow stuck so on a fantasy of- Island. That's what it looks like. It's, yeah, it's not a fantasy island. So they own okay. a beach resort. Is oh, what, all right. What what it is? Is there a dwarf that <laughs> that's primary job is to spot planes? No. Um, no. Okay. No, no dwarves. All right. Uh, no Rathacon looking guys stalking the place. No. All right. <laughs> None of that stuff. It's firmly. Does anyone wear an ice cream suit? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Fantasy island. I think I think the the dad in the show wears an ice cream suit at one point, maybe during a wedding. Or during a celebration, rather. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's basically about this family who is kind of torn apart by a an event in the past that happened between specifically the father and one the oldest brother. Yeah. Um, I won't I won't get into it because it's very sure. spoilery, and they kind of unveil what happened mm-hmm. over the course of the season. I'm only like six episodes in, so I haven't seen it all. Uh, but what I have seen is really good, and they they deal with a lot of drama in. Some pretty, you know, realistic ways. I think the the family tension in mm-hmm. that is pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, and a little bit of it is over the top, and the narration right. I could have done without. But mm. 
but that's another excellent show. I mean, there's just like Lily Hammers on and Broadchurch and like just mm-hmm. all these shows that are, you know, have these good reputations. What's everything going How on? How do you watch it all? On man? the BBC where I just. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of good stuff. Black Mirror and. Uh, Penny Dreadful just started back up. Penny Dreadful, like so many shows. How do you, how do you keep up with it? Like, I almost feel like it's impossible to choose what you watch because all of it is so uniformly good now. I guess you have to go. I mean, that's a good question. It's something that, uh, you know, I feel that more with movies because I feel like uh, I watch mm, pretty much everything okay. that I want to watch. But movies are such a low investment, right? Like two hours of your time, boom, you're done. You've seen the movie. You could, you could easily watch all of the big movies that come out in a week. It is possible, but on the other hand, if you're like trying to see them before like Oscar season comes out or whatever, it starts to get challenging because they kind of cluster up. They do. Like yeah. the big summer blockbusters all drop within four weeks and of so each other. And so do TV shows. And sure. then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've always felt that with, and, and I, don't, I don't know, like going out and see a movie is an order of magnitude more a commitment than just flipping on something on Netflix or whatever. So I'm, I'm factoring that in, going and getting the ticket and braving the crowds and all that stuff. Um, hmm. but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I solved the problem just by watching a shitload of television. Like that's the thing. Like I, <laughs> I don't want like, despite, you know, the, right. the profession that I'm in or whatever, sure. you call this the hobby slash, right, right. uh, whatever. I find myself not wanting to make TV my entire life yeah. because I feel like that's a whole that is just never ending. Yeah. Like you set out to watch all the TV, your life's over, sure. you're done. Sure. Because all of the TV is going to it has already been made yeah. and all of the TV is going to continue to be made and you will never catch up. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that, that's I, I feel that acutely because I've been wanting to get, uh, you know, I got caught up on a lot of things over Christmas break. And then, you know, like I polished off the first two season Americans and I watched a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was really looking forward to get back to Deadwood because I've had one more fucking season of Deadwood to do for like two years and I just never get around to it. Like it's only like a 10 hour commitment, but between, you know, I thought I'd have more time now, but like this spoiler cast is taking a lot of (laughs) my time up. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I I feel you. It's like, it's weird because I I always felt like, you know, there's every, every once in a while there'll be a good show like Firefly that slips through the cracks and you'd have a critical mm-hmm. darling or like Arrested Development the same way where it's like it just barely scraped by and it got canceled probably too early. But by and large, you know, if there was a good show, it became successful because everybody found it. Now everything's so niche that you, I do worry about that I'm like missing out on things that I don't even know about. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't know how you solve that problem. I don't know. I'm trying to come to a balanced, especially TV viewing. Because I'm always asking also, um, you know, how does this fit in with the bald move aspect of it? Because I'm sure, you know, that's that complicates it. We've talked about this a lot, but watching something just purely to enjoy it as a fan is a much different experience than watching something and then thinking, what am I going to say about it? Yeah. Like, um, you know, Downton Abbey is a much more fun experience for me because I don't, you know, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't think about like what I need to say or whatever. I just watch it. And then I listen to Tom and Kelly's podcast and it's like, Hey, I understand why people do this now. It's kind of fun. Um, so there's a lot of things like it was fun watching Daredevil. It was fun watching Banshee yeah, Daredevil without Daredevil. having to think about like what I'm going to say about this week. And, you know, if I didn't have time to do a deep dive on Reddit, oh, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll catch it eventually. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
and the especially yeah. dealing with the reality is that we only really have a schedule for three or four four would be is 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 too many three is like borderline shows to cover each week it's it's uh it's only going to get worse now are you worried about the other direction where us losing breaking bad and mad men um and you know other shows that have gone i'm 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 trying to think of ones that have been canceled but are you worried that some of these shows are going to be kind of irreplaceable yeah sure i mean as you know somebody does this for their living i'm looking at the numbers and i'm saying well none of our other shows are as big as walking dead or game of thrones sure Breaking Bad was one, but it's gone. And Game of uh, Thrones has got a, like a probably two, max three seasons left to it. Better Call Saul could be a replacement for Breaking Bad. I think it will be. Uh, numbers wise, it looks like it's trending there. Sure. But, uh, who knows? Who knows? Right. Um, but yeah, that that totally concerns me as someone who depends on this for food. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially since we, you know, we're trying to do like the what we like and also what is kind of the best of the best and. You know, the, I guess there's a lot of really good shows, but like, I don't know about really excellent shows right now. Like, the Breaking Bads and Mad Men's, um, you know, and then some of the stuff like True Detective and Fargo are kind of standalone. So, you, one season being good is no guarantee of a season, uh, a season two being really good. In fact, yeah, we were watching a lot of bonus materials on True Detective because we're gearing up for True, De- True Detective, uh, um, coverage and i kept on thinking about you know nick pizzolato or whatever his name is and how he was from that region of louisiana and he had spent years thinking about this and polishing it and writing it Mm -hmm. and like it came in and and thinking about these characters and just how important it was and how he they they're talking this whole time about how important it was that he and carrie fukunaga were able to like craft this thing together as a unit and none of that's true about season two of true detective and i'm thinking yeah. i was like okay so this is set in la you've got a different director for the first two that you do for the back six i don't even know if, if there if there's this one for the back six and i think like you know why why did they change that and why are they upsetting the apple cart stuff like that is like you know in the leftovers well the first season was really good and it followed the book <laughs> fairly closely what is no season script. two going to look like i mean yeah and you know what how shitty will it be the back half of 2015 if we're shackled to three shows that have gone to seed no <laughs> you boy. know it's like sure. ah that's definitely something <laughs> to worry about yeah i just wonder about it from like a a life balance perspective you know like not not necessarily from like a podcaster's perspective but like Normal people, people who aren't crazy like us, probably watch a show. I think you're wrong. Two I shows? think you, you. I think the average person watches a hell of a lot of television. Mm, I don't know about that. I mean, like ten years ago, it was like four and a half, five hours a day was the average for real normal people yeah yeah people who function in life yeah four or five hours a day a lot of that's been replaced by video games the internet but it's still passive consumption of media that's what people do well okay so there's watching tv and there's watching tv right like i sometimes watch tv without actually watching tv sure like i'll turn something on let it sit in the background while i'm doing something else which is super inefficient i've tried to stop doing that Uh lately uh, which means I'm going to be watching less TV, but I'm going to be paying more attention to the TV I do watch. Sure. Uh, I, I wonder how much of that is just like, oh, four to five hours of the day the TV is on. 
in a house. Like, you know, they've got kids who are watching TV as they're preparing dinner, as their no, parents I mean, are preparing sure, dinner. A lot of that, or but I'm just saying like that, that and they're count, still oh, a whole household watching, sitting around the television, celebrating uh, the art of filmmaking and cinematography around know. TVs. It's interesting. Let's see. Um, I can't imagine that any normal person with a family <laughs> has time to watch four to four. Like when your kid is, you're in not town, normal, nor do you have a family. You should recuse I, yourself from this. Argument. No, no, no. I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm counting myself as an exception. Oh, here. okay. Okay. Uh, but when, when your kid is in town, you don't watch four to five hours of TV a day. You play a bunch of video games. You're outside, you're doing stuff. Sure. You're going out and seeing things like there's no way you're watching four to five hours of TV. If you have a kid, I'm going to say, see, because that is one thing we asked on the survey. Uh, and I'm just wondering what, uh, what yeah, I what feel the, like our listeners are exceptions as well, you know, but like they're the people who are really invested in TV. Sure. Sure. But I'm just saying that like, uh, you know, how many hours of television on average, uh, that we watch per week, uh, 30, 35% of bald move participants in this survey, uh, watch 10 plus hours a week. 33% watch six to nine and, and, and uh, 28% does three to five. Only 4% say they watch one to two hours of television a week. I mean, I'm in a 10 plus category because that's you, like, wait, are you saying four to five hours a week or four to five hours a day, a week, night week? Oh, okay. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's way less. Okay. Sure. But I thought still, you were saying four to five hours a day. It's, it's 10 plus like the bulk of people watch more than 10 hours of television per week. You do that in one weekend day. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm, you know, you I'm take in, a lazy Sunday and boom, there's your. I hours. imagine I watch 20 hours of television a week. I mean, yeah, I, I easily do, but a I'm, third of like that I said, is I'm just, only half watching. A third it. of that is just like bald move television watching, and then yeah. like you know, I've been uh, watching two to three episodes of Always Sunny because I haven't seen any of that, and you keep talking it up. My girlfriend keeps talking it up, so I started watching it. Um, and that's really good. And like, you know, I just watched the, the last two episodes of Penny Dreadful to get myself ready for this year's of Penny Dreadful. It just, it's stuff like that adds up. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, no, I think you're underestimating how much people watch television. I was overestimating how much TV you were talking about there. Mm. Uh, all right. I mean, maybe so I, that, that seems crazy to me though. Yeah. Like I someone mean, who isn't actively involved in the communities yeah. around tv yeah watching that much television it's it weird because weird. when i started off in the golden age of televisions five six years ago uh i hardly watched television at all and yeah. i'd get you know as a as a former witness you just don't watch a lot of popular television and you know when i left that i didn't have a nice tv i didn't have cable uh so i watched a lot of movies and i played video games and most i just went out and did stuff you know i was a lot yeah. more active i was running marathons if you can believe it um, but that, and I, that's am what little, I'm saying. Like TV gets in the way of that at some point, right? Yeah. But I mean, that's like the when thing there's is, this much good TV on and sure. you feel like you want to see all of the good stuff on TV at some point you can't. And how do you deal with that? You know, like, is that something where you just throw your hands up and say, okay, well I need to pick my one or two shows. Well, do you think this, that so, I watch so one thing it. that I've been wondering is, do you think the golden era television is something that will have a finite, beginning and ending do you think that there's going to be eventually where the idiotocracy or the robocopness of the world and, and it'll be just i'll buy that for a dollar and honey where's my pants and all this other you know do you think that eventually the light is winning if we're going to put it in true detective <laughs> terms 
Is the light winning uh, or is the darkness winning? Because one pessimistic way to look at this is eventually this, you know, this is going to be a phase of 10 years or so. Yeah. And then there's going to be a glut in the market where, you know, you have too many of the killings and not enough madmen's. And it's going to turn or, people off. Or you just have so much that ex- that's executed at like a high enough level uh-huh. that like where do you even start? But if that that's all goes down, concern. then you've got a stockpile of awesome stuff that you can you know feast on for another for years to come. If sure, it never yeah. ends, then it's kind of like how I've always felt about reading. Like you know, I I remember Roger Ebert wrote an article like 10 years ago about what he considers a bare minimum for what a well-read person is. And I've read a lot of shit and I've read some highfalutin shit because that's, I was in like the accelerated English classes and all that stuff. And you just read literature for most of, you don't learn to spell or grammar or anything like that, but you do read a lot of literature. Uh, And I'm like, shit, I've not made it through even half this stuff. And there is stuff being produced more and more every day yeah. like you know with self-publishing and all this stuff it's like forget about it you know and 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 the same thing with movies and television it's like you're just never going to catch up it's like a fire hose you try to get as yeah. much as you can out of it and then move on hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline but yeah like you know I, right now, I just watch anything that's good. Eventually, I guess if it keeps continuing to get good, I'll start carving things out that I'm not personally interested in. Like, yeah. I think Sex in the City, or not Sex in the City, I think Masters of Sex is really fantastic. It did not hold my interest in the second season. So I just got, mm-hmm. it kind of went by the, the, the wayside. But there'll come a day yeah. too when you just came in. Like, I really want to watch Transparent. It's on Amazon. Haven't got a chance to do it. Sure. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I see. I see cycles in just about everything in life. And I think one of those, I think we're in an up cycle right now on TV. Um, I imagine that people will eventually get fed up with the, the kind of veneer. I mean, there's definitely a veneer on TV right now. Like you look at what HBO produced and what Amazon and Netflix are producing. What do you mean by veneer? uh, They're, they're really polished products, right? Sure. Um, I feel like at some point people begin to, you know, kind of revolt against that. They say, you know what? I've seen so much of this shit; it no longer interests me. Mm. Now I want something different. And then you see the avant-garde stuff come back a little mm-hmm. bit more, and you see like, uh, I don't, I don't know, just the deconstruction of TV in a different kind of way. Yeah. Uh, I I can't imagine that this can go on forever at the rate it's accelerating, and just have people be okay with it for mm. forever. You know, they're just going to get tired of this kind of presentation. Well, and the other thing I guess is that I'm starting to get this with movies where I feel like I've seen every fucking movie there is to be seen and I'm getting more disappointed more often than not when I go to the box office because this is just a slightly different version of something I've already seen before. Well, movies are kind of in a shit place right now. You think so? I think so. I mean, I'm not I think a the fan last of- two years is unarguable some of the best movies, I mean, consistently great you know, you look at the 12 Oscar contenders, all that stuff. They're awesome, but they're also, I don't know, man. There's just, I, 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 hmm. I've often wondered that like Roger Ebert, it's like, how does he get up to see Paul Blart mall cop? 
you know, how does he go drag himself to theater and watch that two. shit? Two. Paul Part two. Well, he died before. He was spared. I know. I know. The good Thank Lord God. took him before it came down to Paul, uh, Paul Blart Sees two. the dystopia that's happened. Or the latest Adam Sandler atrocity, which mm-hmm. is he's he's he is fucking um wreck it ralph essentially he's yeah. fucking the corpse mm-hmm. of wreck it ralph mm-hmm. uh, in this his latest uh, thing of his but you know it's like i always thought it was interesting that anytime he would see something like really arty i felt like he would bump it up as star star and a half because okay. it was just a new experience you could tell that he was just genuinely charmed by having like i felt something i never felt in the movie and that be, it seemed like that became rarer and rarer the older he got and the more life experience he had and the more stuff he watched i feel like that that's kind of like just weird one of the reasons old people tend to be cranky is because they've seen and done everything. Yeah, no, that, that's true. <laughs> and I'm getting a lot uh, I can of gray. feel myself getting there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when it comes to TV, video games, whatever. Yeah. Like, yep, more of the same. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like movies are in a glut because like action movies have kind of taken over. Like any anytime you see this, like a movie that's talked about a whole lot, it seems to be sure. a fucking action movie. Like oh, Michael Bay stepped in and yeah. directed the latest Transformers like, you know, or the, fucking Avengers. The thing that's making all the movie are these, you know, like the Avengers, Fast and Furious, all that stuff. Yeah, I like Fast and Furious, but it's not, it's not a film. Yeah, it's a movie. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a big difference there, and sure. I, like I, th- movies don't aren't really designed to make you think anymore at all. I, I just I like those movies which you know, question, make you question who you are and why you are the way you are. And yeah. if that's a good or bad thing. Right. Transformers four doesn't do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Dark of the moon had nothing in it. I never saw dark. Right. Of right. Right. Moon, Cause no. it's a piece of shit. And I could tell by the trailers. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think TV has started to step up its game so much that movies are becoming irrelevant to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I enjoy the, the more, uh, I, I wouldn't say like plotting pace. I don't like anything that's plotting, but I like something that takes its time a little bit more sure. uh, than a movie can right. because it only has two hours. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, if you're just talking about the stuff that's like Oscar contending, I don't think you can, that's like a different category of film than what we're talking about with Avengers and stuff like that. Although I think it's sure. also interesting to note what's going on in Marvel right now. And like, they've got this cinematic apocalypse that they've got this billion and billion dollar movie franchise that's going to be threatened by, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, et cetera, just not wanting to do this stuff anymore. And yeah. what do they do when when that's – are they going to be – are people watching stuff because they think Iron Man is cool and Robert Downey Jr. is cool or because comic book movies are cool? I would submit it's more the former. Like, yeah, I, it's it's hard to take Robert Downey Jr. out of the iron suit and it be as compelling and interesting. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure they can find somebody to replace him, but I think it needs a break. Like, I don't think they can go directly from Robert Downey Jr. to, oh, some new guy in a suit. No, but that's what they're, I think you that's what their plan know. is. Their plan really? is to just continue. We're just going to make Iron Man 4 and four, have it be I mean, I don't know person. that, but they definitely still have this big, like, you know, we're... Ha- 11 movies in or halfway through a planned, I think, 20 movie arc. Okay. And then what? I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting in three to four years to see what what that's what what Marvel Cinematic Universe looks like, especially when you see it, they're they're full steam ahead of this Daredevil shit hmm. and this Defenders of Justice or whatever. All you, I don't know if you're aware of this, but like all these Netflix comic book character things are going to come together into some kind of mini Avengers group as well. And I'm kind of skeptical yeah. about all that. It seems like oversaturation to me. I yeah. can't imagine that it can continue at the fervor which it sure. had. 
Sure. Uh, I think even diehard comic book fans are starting to go, these are good movies, but uh, I've seen enough of them yeah. kind of thing. I mean, I, I, I took my kid to see Avengers. I thought it was a great time. Um, but I was starting to think that, and I never never thought about it because it was such a novel experience to have great comic book movies like sure yeah now it's You're like used to the spider-man and the hulk from the 70s sure and the sure and even the shittiest one like thor 2 or the hulk the incredible hulk is still so much better than any of that stuff yeah yeah uh shall we take some some yeah. comments and questions from Let's people do it. i'm sure they're a shitload all right um let me oh, get freddy's going mad over there <laughs> there's some kind of visual <laughs> thing going on visual hover anomaly. your mouse in the wrong place in this hangout and bam uh, he says, you guys have got to pick characters to mimic for the interview. Might I suggest Pete Campbell and Boy Crowder. Uh, I can't do it. I don't got a good Pete. Can you do Pete? I might be able to pick a Boyd. How, how do you do Pete? I would have to like. A lot shave, of Jiminy Christmases. Shave up here. You'd have to shave. You'd have to, sh- you know, get a, an inch or two up in that hairline. Yeah. I don't know if I can do it. Hell's Bells. Uh, a lot Fall of Jiminy Christmas and Hell's Bells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need stairs in the studio to pull that off. Um, I already talked to the guy over the phone, so it'd be really funny. It'd be really funny to bust out the Boyd Crowder, or just an accent, an accent, you know, an English like accent, an, any kind of accent. Sure. Oh, I really? I was. I talked to you on the phone. I did not remember you having an accent. What if we did it? I do Rick Grimes, and you do Daryl Dixon. <laughs> All right. Can I put up like a paper mask and talk through it and cut out the mouth? Whatever, man. It's your dime. Okay. I, I think that's the, the the more we do shit like that, the more we guarantee we'll be like on a primetime spot. It's true. So the lunatics of Cincinnati. We're not bleeding. We got to find some way to lead, man. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, let me go to Spencer Hockenberry. Spencer Hockenberry. Sounds like what I do every morning at the sink when I'm clearing my throat. Uh <laughs> Don't don't be too don't 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 be too upset, uh, Spencer, because my last name rhymes with jerk off. So, mm-hmm. uh, imagine the next generation of avid TV watchers. In twenty years, there'll be a ridiculous amount of shows worth watching that have already been aired. I feel like we're almost lucky that TV in the nineties and earlier aren't worth trying to catch <laughs> up on. I mean, he's not wrong. Sure, no, he's right. But it's like if you are a cinemaphile, so you have to sit down yeah. eventually and put in the hundreds of hours to steep yourself in what came before even when it's not all that entertaining or rewarding in an objective, like modern sense of the word. So I think like, you know, budding TV watchers that are being born right now are going to have to eventually that. And that's the thing, like with movies, it's a hundreds and maybe a, a, you could probably watch everything worth watching or be remarkably well watched with like a thousand hours of input, probably. which is doable yeah. over a five year time. Right. Oh, easily. Yeah. Television. Like watching Lost or X Files is a 70, 80, 100 hour commitment all by itself. Yeah. If you take, I don't know. I mean, take the, the great TV made in the last Sopranos is 70 episodes, it's right? Breaking three, Bad, four, 70 500 hours. Yeah. Yeah. You might have a thousand hours of stuff that's mandatory watching just in the last decade. So it's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that gets to the, the crux of the problem. There's just too much good stuff. See, I see, see we, we had this business model that we thought about doing called Pop Culture College, where we would actually take a season of television and boil it down into like the most essential three to five minutes. 
and you could like just package up the seasons like that. So it'd be useful for people trying to remember what the hell is going on. It'd be useful for people that are wanting to jump in on season five of something because it's got a bunch of buzz. But I wonder if that's going to be a cottage industry in the future where people, you know, like a Cliff's Notes version because it is so hard. To yeah, get I think it up. is already. I mean, the the blogs out there, they're doing just, you know, straight up recaps right. of shows. Th- right. Those are out there if you want to find them and just read line for line what happened in the episode. Right. Uh, I don't know. Doing it in another format is interesting, but it's kind of already being done. I also wonder if maybe shows will start doing that themselves, like Fox, ABC, um, AMC will have on their line like a refresher for all this. So, you know, people can jump in, you know, because it's getting to point. It's like Netflix is all well and good, but there's some people just don't have, I don't got the 70 hours I need to watch the previous 7.5 seasons of Mad Men before I jump in for the final seven. So I need, yeah. I need someone to pitch me to highlights. I wonder if you could just watch the previously ons. <laughs> for Mad Men? Fuck no. <laughs> no, not for Mad Men. That's the exception. Yeah. But for most shows, I wonder if you could just go through, watch the previously sure. ons, and be mostly educated on the show. I don't know. Some shows, like my girlfriend had no trouble jumping in at season five of Justified. But that's one of those shows where, like... But I would argue that she missed a lot. She Sure, she missed a lot of nuance I mean, and yeah, depth, you But you get who Raylan and is and it. who Boyd is, like, within five yeah. minutes of meeting them. And that's in a way that is totally not like, like try to think if you just started watching last week's Mad Men episode and you've got like <laughs> this incredibly depressing sexual harassment suit. And then you got a roller rink Phantom of the Opera routine with Roger and Peggy. It'd be like, what the, f- an octopus porn? Like what the fuck you'd have? N- the only way that makes any sense is the shared history you have of the characters. Sure. All right. Uh, let's move it on along. David J said, I would like to see a back channel chat room for bald move used during live recordings and even in show chat. No reason not to also run 24 seven for the community Ooh, to hang out. Dark net on bald move. <laughs> we've actually, we, we've actually demoed some technology that we've not been able to get working right. Um, to our satisfaction. Yeah, it works. It's just real ugly. It's kind of shitty and doesn't. So yeah. we are, that's the end get goal for all this live stuff is to have some kind of thing interacting to where you can get involved in a way that you can't at present. So my only concern is, um, I mean, I, I, my I don't want cons- it to take away from what we're doing, which is yeah. the podcast. You know, I, yeah. if, if we, have another thing i mean it's only two dudes we don't have like a producer or anything sure so if we get involved in a chat room discussion and then i throw a question to aaron and he hasn't even heard the fucking question that i've asked him uh that's gonna be bad for the podcast yeah i always worry too about like attention. just people behaving properly as well and not being assholes because i don't want like you know like this week's or last week's game of thrones you know i made uh or was it this week I'm confused because of the way we recorded them. You know, I made an offhand comment about like the dudes get screwed or the, the, the gay dudes and the women get screwed over because there's not as much dong mm. as there is full frontal female nudity. And I get three emails calling me a fag. Wow. <laughs> that shit breaks out in the chat. That would not be cool. That would not be cool. So like on the forums, sure. we have like a, t- a small team of moderators that they're essentially their whole job is to like be the, the cooler from roadhouse like if something like that is just beyond the pale if someone starts dropping in bombs or starts making people feel unsafe they can get them out of there um because i was even uncomfortable having a 24 7 public forum 
that I just couldn't keep an eye on. Um, and as I don't yeah. trust like bald move fans, but you just got like, you know, Game of Thrones, we got 50, 60,000 people. And some of them are just for the first time. And some of them are assholes. Hate to tell you. Uh, so that's the other concern I have mm-hmm. that I would want the, the feature that at least a person can mute somebody that they don't want to hear is just being an asshole because you know, it's the internet and fucking people are terrible. Yep. But we're working on that, David. Uh, moving on to Danny H. Um, let's see. With Mad Men and Justified shutting down this year, would you ever consider doing a Daredevil podcast? The first series proved to be a strong show and not just the usual comic book rubbish we see on network television. It's Gotham made by AMC. I think it's much better than Gotham. More no, successful than Gotham. It's certainly made by, or much better than Gotham, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Would you be willing? I would do, be willing to do a Daredevil podcast. I really like season I would one. Probably do a half-ass podcast. I don't know that I'd do a full recap and all that stuff. Okay. Because there were points that I wanted to talk about, and we mostly did in a lunch with Jim and Aaron. Was it a lunch with Jim and Aaron that we talked about Daredevil? I think it was. Uh, we mostly talked about him, and I don't know that I would have you know hours and hours and hours of stuff to talk about with Daredevil. Yeah. But it is weird because like the pleasure of daredevil and to that matter for me game of thrones is much different than the pleasure of mad men because the pleasure of daredevil is i know roughly this character and what he's doing and how Mm. he relates to other characters i it's just watching it executed very well that's that's interesting to me same with game of thrones whereas it's different from mad men where you know, you don't know what's going on and there's a lot of deep meaning and, and stuff like that. I t- typically we've shied away from action and comedy because they're hard. I mean, you can make fun of it like 24. The, yeah. Those are but even like justified, which is a fairly meaty action cast can devolve too easily into it was really cool. And Raylan did that cool thing or said that cool thing. So I wonder if there's some capacity where we can use live watch with a, like five minute instant cast at the end that would be interesting that would, that would be kind of an interesting format because you like we also fun love of it through through most of the way yeah but then at the end take a moment and say oh was there anything good in that was there anything bad sure would you like what didn't you like sure just real short though yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know i don't know some third third tool around second screen entertainment yeah let's see uh some of these are out of out of order it looks like but we'll 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 figure it out. Not, Danny H. I'm not sure what the it, it? is in, in this question. It also has episodes that do so much. Uh, I think he's talking about Daredevil. Uh, it's great dark humor running throughout as well as the weird trippy stuff that stays with you for a long time. I think he's talking about that. No, I think he's talking about Six Feet Under. Uh, so I'll go ahead and oh. bring that up as well. Uh, in a previous cast or lunch, you mentioned Six Feet Under and how you had both never seen it. It's an incredible show that's in the same sort of style as Mad Men with the way it slowly develops character-based plot. And then he talks about how it's got dark humor and trippy stuff. Here's the thing. I want to be honest. I have no desire to see Six Feet Under. And it's nothing about – I've heard nothing but excellent things about it. Then why? It's it's a, it's a bunch of Undertaker set in a mortuary, and I just – that I don't care. Like, I didn't care okay. about Mad Men either. Kind of like I, I don't give a shit about cop dramas anymore. Kind it's like... You, you tell me you're making a cop drama, I say good luck. Mad Men had the hook of being set in the 60s and having just visually stunning sets and beautiful people that were had magnetic personalities that I got drawn in almost immediately. I, I just, like Dexter, I watched the season of Dexter. I never want to fucking watch Dexter again. I, it's just not for me. I'm not saying it's a bad yeah. show. I'm not saying you're a bad person if you like it. 
I just don't like rooting for a serial killer. I, I don't give a shit about the... But you'll root for a meth dealer. No problem. Uh, I was... <laughs> Hey man, uh, I don't have to justify my shit to you. No, I mean it's it's not. It's just yeah. I, I get, no, I, I could get. get saying, I though. could get in a frustrated uh, a man frustrated with wasting his life's attempt to save his family that yeah. didn't get subverted over years. Yes, I can. And to make identify the most of his last him. his last month, I can't identify know? with a sociopath. I just can't. Yeah, I, I mean, it goes back to the niche stuff that you were talking about earlier, right? The right. TV is getting more and more niche right? And as it does that, like, there are going to be a lot of shows that you're just not interested in because the subject matter is not interesting. It's the same thing and with Americans. And that's a big reason why I watched Halt and Catch Fire is because that subject matter was super I did too. interesting. I just thought me. it was a terrible, terrible television show. So <laughs> Terrible. The terrible. First... Uh, there are terrible TV shows out there of which Halt and Catch Fire is not one. Hey, if you oh oh the, this the is word. The, I didn't have to wait that this is a chance for me to shit on something you're passionate about. Right. No, Halt and Catch Fire is the worst. It no, is the worst. It's got it's, the worst pants. It has it's had, got it's got the worst wigs. It it had a few rough episodes to start. Terrible. There is far worse TV out there. Far worse. Terrible. I saw that guy naked with blue skin on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I can't take him seriously as a Steve Jobs. Thank you. Oh, I never saw Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> So, whatever <laughs> anyway um yeah so there i'm just gonna be honest i have zero like uh if i get caught yeah. up on and same thing i couldn't make it through oz oz was a production value thing like i could tell it was mm-hmm. good and i could tell it was good for the day you could tell it was made in the day it it didn't age very well for me but you know like deadwood i'm gonna finish sopranos i'm gonna finish i've seen sopranos enough of it like know. that for me like obviously made right back in the day <laughs> right but i've seen enough that i know that i'll like it but there's some of these things like six feet under i just gonna gotta say like i'm just never gonna watch it i mean maybe yeah. maybe if i'm 100 caught up one day i'll give it a try because i hate to just i hate when people summarily dismiss You'll- things out of hand jim jones but no, I, I I just don't have any interest to start. Yeah, you'll you'll never be caught up though. Yeah, that's the point. I mean, this whole conversation is to sure. say you will never catch up. It is impossible. How do you pick? Uh, Dan G said, "Did the Hodor Dong not offend listeners' sexual sensibilities, or Hodor Hodor Dongs not gay?" I would say that's, that's the thing, man. Because the man himself is gay. Penises aren't gay. No, penises. Neither are penises. vaginas and boobs heterosexual. Like, especially if you're these guys calling me fag because I was saying I don't think it's fair that the women don't get the full frontal nudity that the the, the men do uh, or the or the gay men. Like, what do they do to me? What do they do at a beach? All these all these bare male nipples floating around. Like, Uh how do they not? It's like, do they are they confused? God forbid they go to a European beach. Yeah. Where it's like you got women nipples and man nipples. Which one do I? It's like and then dudes in speedos. And oh God, you're seeing more dung than you've ever seen. About a dozen people pointed out that I guess the guy who plays the or uh, Alf. Yeah. yeah. What is his name? Alfie Allen or whatever. Mm-hmm. His he he's his floppy wiener is out there in season two. It's true. I didn't remember it. Do you know <laughs> why? Because it doesn't matter. It didn't matter to me. So, <laughs> I, know, I know. So it's like, get the fuck out of here with that shit, man. Yeah. It's, it's nudity silly. is not it can be sexualized, but it, it doesn't, can be. It doesn't have to be a hetero homo thing. It's like no. I'm just saying equal equal dongs for equal vag or whatever. Yeah, those those male uh genitalia were not sexualized in Game of Thrones. No. Not one bit. Unlike the women who definitely are. Right. Uh for for the most part. Sure. There have been some non-sexualized yeah. uh, female anatomies, but yeah, for the most part, they don't they don't do that with men. Sure. 
Uh, <laughs> who gets to be Harry Crane? Apparently, this is the interview. I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I need, I need another dozen sack of White Castles to get. I'm almost a Harry Crane, nah. but uh, not quite there. Nope. Let's see. Danny Eight said mostly it's a philosophical reflection on life and death and how we spend our whole lives trying. This is Good six feet under. Point. It's a philosophical reflection on life and death and how we spend our whole lives trying to come to terms with our eventual demise. If you ever have a slow season, this you is, should definitely cover it. Sorry for the disconnect the way this came out. Hey, man, that's lunch with Jim and Aaron. This has been my life for the last week. Looking at, like, the consequences of how you spend your time <laughs> and its meaning and effect on your life and personality. My the God, station man. agent fucked you up, didn't it? It did. It I totally can t- did. I just I now made on, the connection. I watched it on Wednesday, and I'm seeing everything differently. I just made it. You, you think it's, your whole <laughs> life is about watching trains. And that's exactly right. And that's you're ready exactly to stand right. up on a bar stool and say, look at me. <laughs> I look at, I'm right here. Uh, by the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, Station Agent is a commissioned podcast. Stay tuned, yeah. Uh, featuring the great Peter Dinklage. Uh, yep, should be out it, on Monday. Yeah, and it's, it's we're going to record it this afternoon. It's really fantastic. But uh, it's also clearly fucked my partner up. It's got him quite nervous the meaning here, of man. life here, man. I'm, I'm wondering what I'm doing with my days. <laughs> Oof. Well, speaking of that, we need to get off to uh, record that. We got a couple other projects to polish off. Uh, low this day is over. Thanks once again for joining us. Uh, thanks for supporting us. Uh, you guys are what allow us to do, allow us to have these crisis of. Uh, of Actually, what, what forces what would you us call to it? have these crises? What forces us to have these these <laughs> crises of conscious and and uh, I don't know what you would call it lifestyle lifestyle crisis. Uh, yeah, reassessing your whole life. So there you go. Uh, We will see you guys next week and uh, have a great weekend, everybody. See you.